Blog Talk Radio. In order to be free, you have to know the truth. Pastor Lionel Gant seeks to use the truth of God's word to help stop the tide of violence and mass incarceration used to enslave people all across this nation. Now, the word of truth by Pastor Lionel Gant. I am looking for freedom. Glory to God, glory to God. This is Pastor Lionel Gant, and we're coming to you once again from Atlanta, Georgia, with the whole truth and nothing but the truth. You know, today I have a special guest on uh, that's going to talk to you about, you know, her project and what, what we're working on at this present time. And I have my good friend that's on the line calling us from California. I'm going to let them introduce themselves in just a second, but let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you right now in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We come seeking your face for direction, Lord. We come seeking thy face for life and life more abundant. And we ask right now that you touch every heart, touch every ear, touch every listener, Lord, that they may hear from you and their lives may be changed. This is the whole truth and nothing but the truth radio broadcast. And we come before you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And thank Amen. you. Amen. You know, you know Denicia, Denicia and I, you know, we met. That's a whole nother story, how we met and everything. But I love this girl and I love her spirit. And I love what her vision is and what she's trying to do. So today I wanted to bring her on the broadcast just to talk about, you know, you know who she is and what's going on. And also I have my, my sister calling from California, uh, Shannon. You know, I'm going to let, allow you to introduce yourself, and then I'm going to ask Denicia to introduce herself. So tell us about, tell us about yourself and what's going on in Cali right now. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. Briefly, I am Apostle Nikki Gaylord, my birth name, the fourth, and former military Air Force, did that for 10 years, mother of two, um, and I currently run a major charity and go to law school. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You say... Shannon, you say you say you're a mother of two? Yes, sir. Janicia. Ain't you the same? Yes, I am a mother of two also. And I'm also looking to start a charity or fundraising, all that type of good stuff. Okay. Okay, hold on hold on a minute, Janicia. Let's let's let her finish introducing herself and then we're gonna come to you. Go ahead. Go ahead, Shannon. Yes, and what's going on in California? Everything is shut down due to COVID, so we are bored out of our minds. Literally, we play that song, Bored in the House. Um, and then there's there was protests with the George Floyd going on out here in him in California with Black Lives Matter, and so and they're still protesting. So we have to deal with that, and we're currently on a curfew where we have to be in the house by 6 o'clock. So, 
I mean, are they searching people, stopping cars? Yes, sir. They're stopping cars that are in the protest area. And the churches are not allowed to donate food anymore to the people with children and elders in the family um, because of COVID-19. So the pastors that I work with out here, we have this large supply of food coming in every week from the places that the grocery stores like doesn't sell them, and the food's just going to waste. Wow. So that's what's going on in California. But other than that, it's a beautiful sunny day. Okay. Okay. Now, now I want to introduce I want to introduce my guest today, Miss Denicia. Now, Denicia, tell me a little bit about yourself and then go into your story. Okay, um, what to do, y'all? I'm Denicia. Um, um, I'm 27 years old, and I have two wonderful children. Um, I'm looking to start a new movement. I ain't even going to call it a movement. I'm just going to say um, I'm looking to I'm looking to positive everything, if that makes any sense. Um, the stuff in the world, it's a lot of stuff going on in the world. Like she said, we got COVID out here. We got people now. We got, I mean, she she's in California, and they on curfew. So just uh, <laughs> get ready. Um, yes, and the governor here in Georgia, he just opened up the state. He just said, forget about COVID. And he opened up the state. They, they chasing that money. They don't well, even yeah, but I, it's all part of the plan. We still gotta our money and you know keep keep our 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 food coming in and pass it out. We gotta get our money somehow. And Georgia is like a a state that's underrated. So we we have to do what we have to do. And when that time comes, we gotta be ready. Um, but I'm here and I'm trying to also better my community and hopefully you know. It can grow to be nations that I'm, you know, making better. Okay. Well, well, share with us your vision because me and you, we've talked about it, and we're working on it at this time. And uh, from the young people' perspective, you're 27 years old. How do you see? How do you see the world? And when I'm talking about the world, I'm saying from the standpoint of Black America, where we at as a people. Um. I guess it depends. Um, I see the world all different view type of ways. Um, I just want to, at this point, I, I realize um, once a person is a certain age, it's harder for you to get them to change your mind. So I want to start with the younger children, and I feel like our children are our future. So if we can get our, our, our kids, the ones who are pure, supposed to be pure, pure um, in the name of, you know, um, they're they're not knowledgeable. So right now they're growing and they're and they're seeing and they're taking in everything that's in the world and it, they don't know what's really going on. Okay. So I feel like if we could, you know, get a group, we could start with one small group of kids and, you know, make them make them presidents, make them mayors, make them just make them. Give them some type of platform 
so they could better they could better they could start off better themselves they could spread it around their school they could go to the church just like COVID it started one place now it's all over the world and okay. with these little children we could take one of these little children two three four of these little children put them together and and change our world little piece by little piece by little piece and hopefully you know we'll be COVID free. None of the none of the negative things that's going on in this world that's leading us to a bad environment. Mhm. Okay. Okay. Uh, Sister Shine, what would you what would you say to her about that? I think that is phenomenal, and I love the idea of giving the children titles like that and giving them some type of responsibilities. I just have a question. What ages would you work with if you were to start your nonprofit, correct? Yes. Uh, yes. The ages that I want to work with are going to be the ages 4 to 17. And I'm going to only say 4 because, you know, um, I want to take in children who can't go to the bathroom by themselves or tie their own shoes. I'm not looking to, you know, mold someone's child. I'm just looking to give them a better opportunity. You can go home and you can continue to live your life at home, but here is a chance for you to be somebody that you're not or somebody you can't be at home. Because some, some of these kids um, are growing up in environments and um, if they look, if, if they're reading the book, they're lame, or if they uh, don't make the same choices as most of their friends. They they lame or whatever. Like so, I just gotta make these children feel like they're special in taking us somewhere. Because my daughter, she told me she wanted to graduate college at Ooh, like okay. thirteen. She's only six, and she's like, "Mommy, can I graduate college at 13? I'm just like, "Yes, baby, you can do whatever you want to do." With the knowledge and with the proper support, we can do anything. I have another question for you. Mm-hmm. Who inspired you? Because you are highly intelligent. Who inspired you growing up or now? or What made you want to do all of these things? Because I think this is phenomenal. 27, holy smokes. Most of my most of my ideas from um, I guess being hurt from growing up and um, I have a really huge family, but um, I guess my mom was like the disobedient one in our family. So it's like you know how the apple don't fall far from the tree. So it's like some of her backlash come off on me and my brother. So it's like we have a whole huge family, but when it comes to support or Anything is like um, if I'm not doing something to get it by myself, then it's not going to happen. Mm. So I'm just going to be left out. So I I just felt like um, a lot of the things that I grew up doing, like um, we were we weren't rich or had money like that. We grew up off government assistance, and for the most part, the stuff that I got it came from like donation stores. And me being the person that I am, I don't want people looking at me funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna rip whatever I bought up and throw it together and make it something that everybody wants. Fantastic. Okay. Well, well, you know, I was one of the first ones that, you know, I was in the military. So when I came back home, I was 
stationed overseas in the Republic of Panama. I came back to Atlanta in the middle of the crack epidemic, you know, in 1980, 81, 82. And, uh, man, we had lost whole neighborhoods. I'm talking about, I'm talking about we had lost, like, Vine City, you know, uh, Cascade area, you know, all these different areas where, where prominent blacks lived, where they owned their own homes, where we had all this stuff going. And then all of a sudden, you know, when fat cocaine came out, you know, we lost like whole neighborhood. And so, you know, under the statutes at that time, you know, they, they, they gave the dope to the little boys, to the young teenagers to sell because, you know, if the teenagers got caught, they only went to juvenile or they went to, you know, through the juvenile justice system. So they didn't necessarily go to jail right back in the eighties. Okay. And, and, and so, you know, all of these, so we opened up, you know, good news mission group home for boys and it was for boys ages 13 to 17. And, uh, and we, and, and, and it was so phenomenal, you know, it, it got in the newspaper, it got on the news, you know, because we were changing these boys lives. And and that's what inspired me when when I met Denicia and I heard her vision and I heard what she wanted to do and I said that's exactly what we need to do right now because knowledge is power and if we can get these young people to see if we could tell them our story you know it would it would change their lives so so Sister Shannon I wanted to I wanted to come back to you you know for you to give us a little you know a little story about you know about the things that, that you vision and the things that you're talking about doing. Yes, sir. Um, I currently work for Elaine Riddick and her charter school and the Rebecca Project for yeah, Justice. That's, that's my homegirl there, boy. I love yes. her. And yes. hence we're moving to Georgia. So and we're going to be living with Elaine in the bottom part of her home. And then um, what we're going to do is work around the clock finding homes for women and ch- homeless women and children. She calls them, Elaine calls them sanctuaries. And that's what I was doing at 6 o'clock this morning. Well, well. I'm just searching for a sanctuary about, home. When you talk about Elaine, you have to give her a story because, you know. Oh, yes. She, she got pregnant, you know, and, and she went through. Uh, uh, you know, a, a horrible ordeal, and they actually, they actually, uh, what do you call that? They actually took away her ability uh, to have children. I mean, yes, you know, her case, and she won her case uh, based on that. So, uh, tell a little, talk a little bit about Elaine and tell her story. Elaine is the famous Roe v. Wade case woman. Mm-hmm. And she was raped by she was raped by a man, became pregnant, had the baby boy. He I think he's fifty two now. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I think he's fifty two. I can't remember his exact age. I talked to him briefly, her mm-hmm. son. And she she was sterilized to where she couldn't have children. Oh man. Wow. Uh-huh. They did that to her and she went to court. And she was going to defend herself in court. But all these people from the African-American community started writing her. 
and she found a lawyer that was just starting out, and he said, and she gave him the job, and she won the case. Amen. And that with her money and everything else and the grant money and all the stuff that she does now, she started up a charter school in North Carolina. And she's opening up two schools that should be opening any day now this year, mm-hmm. any time this summer, excuse me, um, to take care of the homeless children. Round-the-clock wow. security, around-the-clock nursing staff, clothes on their backs, life coaches, professional life coaches for mm-hmm. the parents and the children. She's even taking children in from the border. She filled out the adoption form a week and a half ago to mm-hmm. get refugees. I think they're called refugees. Is that correct? The refugee yes. children? Yes. And they gave her a call back two days ago. Glory and so she God. has the green light for that. And I'm going to be so busy working with her with the Rebecca project and everything else that I have to be near her. Okay. That's the only way for this to work. And we had to become, we were already best friends. When we met, we were thick as thieves. But now it's, I'm her employee. And so it's a blessing. And every morning when I call her, we pray. That's what I love about her. Okay. We just pray and thank God for everything. And and well, then on, yes, sir. Well, well, well. I mean, it's amazing that okay, me and Janicia, we were just talking about this, you know, this morning. We were just talking about the same thing, and I was sharing with her a story about a, a young lady that I met here in Atlanta, and you know, and. And when she started telling me her story, how how she was, you know, how, you know, she was out there in the street. She had ran away from home and all that. But the people that captured her, uh, you know, as, as Janice was saying, you know, you might just go right around the corner and somebody's waiting on you. You know, they, they actually kept this girl, you know, inside of a dog cage. And they, you know, to break her wheel and all that, they made her sleep you know, in the dog cage, you know, curled up in the dog cage, fed her, they did everything like that. And we don't even know what our daughters are going through when they're out here in the world. And so and so, it's so important for us to reach out to them, to let them know that somebody cares, that somebody's out there for them. And we got to have programs. We got to have, we got to have, you know, things that are out there for them. You know, at charter schools, that's a that's a that's a wonderful idea. I, I fought for that in Cobb County, and we won. And so, Janicia, you know, what what are some of the things that our young people are going through out here that the world don't know about? Can you share that with the world? I mean, it don't have to be your personal story, but you know things that are happening out here. Hello. Hello, are you still there with us, Janicia? Okay. All right. Looks like we're having some technical difficulties. Are 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 you still there with me, Miss Shannon? Yes, sir. Okay. 
Okay, I'm trying to see where my where where is Denise at? She is phenomenal. Okay. Okay, well, I, I'm trying to get her on the call. I, it's, I think she's dropped off the call. Okay. Well, I will try to call her back, but meanwhile, I will ask you to go ahead and, you know, continue your talk about what you all are getting ready to do. Yes, sir. Um, with Elaine Riddick Charter School and the Rebecca, mm-hmm. well, more so the Rebecca Project, we uh, we also work with human trafficking going off with the story of the young lady in a dog cage. Uh-huh. Which actually has me a little heated because I have a friend that went through a situation like that. Someone tried to kidnap her. Mm. But she ran and got to the closest phone and called me, and then I called Las Vegas Police Department, and I had to settle some stuff. And... Uh, so that hit home personally. So I'm a little heated at the moment. But mm. we, I specialized in human trafficking when I was in the military. Okay. I did that for about oh, five years of my 10 years in the military. And I had to take a break from it because it was starting to get to me. Cruise ships and all this other stuff with people missing. And, um, yeah, but we're working, we'll be working with human trafficking officials and everything else. And, oh, Elaine sends her wishes to everybody. She just sent me a message. (laughs) She wants me to forward her the radio show when we're done so she can listen. Okay. And comment on it. And I, um... When we get to Georgia, we'll also be working with the street groomers. Okay. With um, Brother Big A, Brother Haroon McKill's organization. Yeah. Yes. We'll you know, be. And my brother, my brother, you know, he passed away, but, you know, his legacy is continuing. And, you know, yes. and, and we used to work together, you know, to keep our streets safe, you know. And that that's a you know that's a powerful statement when you look at when you look at uh when you look at our communities you know there's a lot that we can do to clean up our own communities and that's what I admired about her room that you know that we continue to work you know in the communities together and to you know and to and to identify the you know the the crisis that was in our community and we just took each one of them step by step Yes, sir. And he, it was, his death lived, his legacy lives on. His death was hard on me. Uh And I had to fly to Atlanta. I couldn't make it in time for the funeral because I didn't have enough money saved up. And that's one thing that my grandparents taught me was to always have your money saved up in case the worst happens. And I wasn't expecting that. So I, when I did make it out to Georgia, I went, sat down with Elaine, and she was heartbroken about Brother Haroon's death, Big A's death, because she, she had just met him, and they became best friends. Okay. And so it was just heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm going to help. And I saw a video, a live video feed, where they were feeding the homeless outside of a transitional house, um, a transitional apartment out there in Georgia. And they okay. had T-bone steaks and ribs, and the kids were playing, and the ice cream truck was there. They just paid the ice cream man $200 for him to uh-huh. sit there, and the kids could grab all the ice cream they wanted. Amen. <laughs> and it's things like that that this country needs. Uh-huh. And, 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 and you see the impression that it make upon the life of our youth. For them, to, I mean, every time they see the ice cream truck coming, and I'm, you know, and a lot of them that don't have the money to get on the ice cream truck, you know, they feel alienated. They feel, you know, like ostracized. Like, well, I ain't even got no money to go get no ice cream, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. And, I to, remember. Just <laughs> to get up for them, just to get something off the truck, that is a that is a truly that's a blessing. Well, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to get uh uh Janicia back on the line because she's dropped off the line. Uh hold on just a second. Yes, sir. Okay, are you still there? Yes, sir. Okay, I tried to reach her. I couldn't get her back on the line. Okay, so so I guess we'll continue to go from here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you know, when I when I when I when I look at our when I look at our youth, you know, it's simple things that we can do that would that can transform their life. Like we were talking about the ice cream truck. You know, <laughs> You know, every time the ice cream truck come through, and you know, and they were playing that song, you know, uh, you know, people didn't know that that song that they're playing on the ice cream truck was a very racist song. You know, it was a very, and uh, and and you know, I did a I did a a, a speech about that. You know. How how deeply America is rooted in you know in in racism, you know that we don't even we don't even see all of the things that uh that our children are faced with every day. I mean even even you know even when we come to you know the movies that they watch the uh, the games that they play you know and they own the games they own the games twenty four seven. But those games have messages in them. What they're saying to our children, the you know, when I was in the military, I was assigned to um, to counter drug operations, and it opened my eyes. It opened my eyes to the fact that before America drops its first bomb, before America shoots its first shot in any war, any conflict, the first the first conflict, the first war that they win. It's the war of propaganda. You know, they you know, they, they create this propaganda where they, you know, talking about us against them, you know, and they create these villains, you know, and they create, you know, all of this through propaganda. Uh like like, you know, 
Like at first it was Russia with communism and this and that. And then when we got into our era when we were going to, after the Vietnam War, it wasn't so much communism against uh, capitalism. It went to uh, terrorism, you know, uh, you know, the war on terrorism. And, and, you know, and they fed us all this propaganda, you know, leading up to it. So before America even fired its first shot, they, they, you know, I noticed that they always win the war on propaganda before they even, before they yes. were shot. So, so I took a, so I took and developed, um, you know, our concept with the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. I said, well, what we're going to do, we're going to counter that by by telling the truth, by showing the American people. Dr. King said something that resonated with me. You know, when they asked him, they said, "Well, well, Dr. King, what are we going to do? I mean, how how are we going to how we're going to win America? You know, how are we going to get you know America on our side? On you know, with the with all of the racism, with all the things that was going on in the '60s." Uh, and Dr. King said, "He said, you know what? We're going to show America herself. We're going to show America herself." And 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 that resonated with me because you know when the press came out there and and they saw the dogs being loosed on the people and they saw the water hoses and they saw the beating and uh, they saw all the arrests and all that you know it broke the hearts of the people it it it, br- it brought America in when America was allowed to see itself that's when the that's when the phenomenal change came about. And I think that's what we're going to have to do with our youth today. We're going to have to we're going to have to show them we're going to have to show them themselves. We're going to have to show America herself. Yes, and the schools are taking that away out here in California. There's an option for Black History Month to be for the child to listen for Black History Month. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that on the news or not. That the parents can opt their children out of learning about African Americans or Africans. Ah, uh, well, there would, then, be no, there would be no American history without Black American history. There would be no. exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I was just looking at this is about three months ago. Mm-hmm. It was let's see, it's April now, so it was January. It was like around January twenty first that it first talked up on the news where the parents could opt out. And then that caused more protests outside of the school. And they didn't put that on mainstream media. Oh. So you'll be driving to work, and next thing you know, there's roadblocks with police officers detouring you to a different direction because there's protests going on. Mm. And, and they don't tell people that. this stuff. Mm-hmm. And we never knew, and the rest of the world never knew it was happening. Exactly. And then, um, what was it? They were, and the African, um, I forgot his name. What's his name? Commissioner somebody almost lost his seat out here because he said, if they're going to take away black history, we might as well take away white history. That's right. That's right, and, and, and he and, almost and, lost his seat. Yeah, and he, and that's the and that's the thing. 
you cannot exclude you cannot exclude the making the founding of this nation uh you know everything that happened in this country you know you know over 200 years you know that slavery was was the economic backbone of this country you know the reason why america is where it is now is because it was accelerated by slavery you know uh you know the economics that was gained by you know by mass producing you know uh cotton by mass producing you know food by mass producing you know all of these things it, it aided the economy of america and so when we when we talk about when we talk about when we talk about you know american history you know, you cannot leave out the fact that, that these things happened, that we was, you know, going through slavery for like 200 years, and then we, there was a, another 120 years of separate but equal laws, and then we came into our civil rights days where we were fighting for freedom. And, you know, that, that gives us, you know, 400 years in this country that we have, you know, contributed to its contribute uh, growth, to its expectation. You know, I think about I think about the brothers in the Olympics in the in the 1960s when all of this was going on and the brothers you know uh, you know did such an outstanding job in the Olympics, but when they stood up you know place second place third place and each one of those brothers held up their fist in the air. You know, yes. That power that shook the whole world. It shook yes, the whole sir. world. I love, I used to have that poster. My grandmother got it for me for my 16th birthday when I lived with her. She got me that poster of the track stars with their fists in the air. That's right. And my grandmother, she used to be, she told me that slavery didn't really stop until about the 60s because a lot of people just didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I didn't believe her at first until my grandfather sat down with me. He yeah. bought the house that my grandmother was a house slave on in the 30s and the 40s. Look at that. He bought it, and he had to trick the white woman because she said the N-word, get off my property, to him mm-hmm. when he came to her to buy her house because she had the for sale sign up. And um, so he hired a bum, an Irish bum, and the bum got cleaned up and everything, put a suit on. My grandfather gave him a briefcase, and she sold it to him, and he handed the papers to my grandfather. <laughs> Glory Did to God. you not? <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, I wish they were alive to hear this because I knew my I know my grandmother would have chimed in on the radio show. <laughs> and speaking of that, um, my fiance he knows about the story as well. My grandmother told him, mm-hmm. and he would like to speak with the young lady that was on the line. I can't pronounce her name. I'm horrible with names. I gotta write it down and stuff. But he would like to speak with her because he has his own nonprofit. Okay. And um, yeah, so she well, I, she has at least 
I know a lot of people are listening, but my fiance really would like to talk with her when we get to Atlanta. Okay. So that we just figure something out on how to help these children. Because the ages of four and up, that's mm-hmm. that's when their brains are like sponges absorbing information. Yes. Actually, is it okay if my fiance introduces himself? Yes, it's fine. Yes, Come sir. Here he is. Hello. How's everybody doing? Glory to God. We blessed and highly favored. How you doing, bro? Uh, you know what? On a, when the sun's outside and I get the blue sky and I always have my angel next to me, life can always is nothing but perfection. Amen. Amen. I'm just so happy to hear about the things that you and your guest were discussing this morning. And that's exactly what my nonprofit called Choose Your Character is all about. Helping me of mentors to our youth to help lead them to where they would like to see themselves go. Okay. Okay. Think about, and, 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 think about and, and, her giving the kids roles. Like President Anarch. Well, I think by giving kids uh, responsibilities, by giving them a role or a job when it comes to their uh, their journey, they tend to take a lot more uh, attention and uh, diligence to whatever they're focusing on. Glory so, you know, when you when you give them all right, this is going to be your responsibility, whether it be, all right, you're the, you know, you're going to make sure that everything's back where it needs to be for the classroom at this time, or you're going to be the one that makes sure that the crayon box has all the crayons put back into it. Small things lead to big changes. Amen. Amen. I mean, you just reminded me, you know, we opened up a group home for boys, you know, and these were guys that was out there selling drugs and doing all kinds of stuff, right? And uh, when they came into the program, the first 30 days, you know, it was sort of like boot camp, you know? It was sort of like boot camp. I mean, you, you take these boys off the streets, right, and you bring them to the group home, and the first thing they see early in the morning was me, Sergeant Gant. I'm coming through the house. I'm waking everybody up. I'll get up out of the bed. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. They're looking at me like, what? <laughs> what is this? And so we took them out, and we started having PT in the morning. We, you know, push-ups, sit-ups, and then we're going out for a run and all that stuff. And the first day was like, man, what kind of mess is this? You know, I'm going to tell my caseworker. They're abusing me and all this, right? <laughs> uh, and and by, the, by, the, by the second week, though, you know, they're feeling it. They're like, hey, you know, they, they, they're, they're, they're reaching accomplishment. You know, we went from one mile to two miles, and they were just like, man, ain't nobody never – you know, no man had never took that kind of time with them, and it and it changed their life to the point that these boys that came through the group home, uh, you know, and this was back in the eighties, back in you know eighty, you know eighty eighty one through eighty six that we were running the group home for boys. Do you know that these boys, these where well, they grown men now, they're in their forties now, but you know they still keep up with me, they still contact me to this day. Bro, to this day, they still contact me. Rimgat, where you at? I heard you was over here. Hey, what's going on? And when I need them to come and do something, guess what? They're the first ones there, bringing their wives and their kids because their lives were changed 
from the from the moment they came into that group home. So, so well, you so, gave them something so beautiful, sir. When you when you gave them responsibilities and you helped lead them and guide them to their improvement by doing starting off with waking up and doing PT training. That's phenomenal because you're already giving them the the base the their uh foundation for success of get up early, get the work the hard work done, and guess what? That makes the rest of your day flow smoothly. Well well and I started we started paying attention to that particular skill. You know, like you like you know, some of them like, you know, cutting the grass, doing the outside work. But then there was one there was one young man, uh, Clifford Thompson, a young boy, you know, he had came in. He had good parents, two good parents, both of them was in the church, you know, doing you know, and his father was in the military and all that. So he had good upbringing, right? But he 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 desired to get out there in the streets. And when he got out there in the streets, it only took one mistake for him to get in the juvenile justice system. And and I noticed them, you know, when I, you know, I noticed that, you know, we had to teach them, you know, all the homemaking skills, you know, how to cook, you know, clean the house, you know, they painted their own room, they could fix their room up, they could paint it, whatever. We gave them initiative, okay, you can paint this room, you can do whatever you want to do, but you got to fix up your own room. And so, you know, they got in there with the paint and all that and, you know, fixed up their rooms and stuff. But I noticed this one young boy, when it came to, you know, you know, they was working with the house parent, the house mother. You know, she would teach them how to cook grits, eggs, this, you know, different things, you know, for their homemaking skills, right? And, um, and wow, it was amazing that that uh, that that this boy loved to cook, okay? And because he loved to cook, guess what? He became one of the top chefs here in Atlanta. And to this day, he gives his testimony about they made me say they made me have to cook in the group home, and so that's where he got involved with the cooking, and from there it led to his career. <laughs> oh yeah, well you gave him, you just inspired him to fall in love with an art because cooking is an art form, and you just helped inspire him and show that guess what? In the end, what was his reward? Okay, he got to feed people and see how happy and thankful they were. Because when you do things for other people, that's the payoff that we get. It's not money. It's not possessions. It's the fact that when you know you've done good for other people just to do good for other people, the Lord will always shine upon you. Wow. Yeah. And 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 and, and each one of those and each one of those. So so you know that's why you know with with Janicia and the program that she's trying to do with the children, we're gonna we're gonna help her to develop that because, you know, all it takes is for us to just reach one, and that one is going to reach a thousand. So, you know, man. The old saying, you know, uh, reach one, teach one. I'm trying to remember how that goes. Uh, uh, what is it? Reach one, teach one, right? Each one, teach yes, one. Yes, each, each one, reach one. Mm-hmm. Well, the the key is for all of us is to always remain ready to accept and learn everything as a student, but be prepared to always teach as a teacher when needed. 
because 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 the adversary, you know, you know the the dope boys. They you know they see them. They see them riding in the car. They see them riding on the twenties. They see them, you know, coming in the neighborhood. They see them, you know, all the people gravitating to them because of the money and all that stuff. So you know they're they're recruiting the boys. They're recruiting them as lookouts. They're recruiting them, you know, to be errand boys to be you know, running dope over here, running dope over there, you know, delivering these packages over here, over there. And, you know, we have to, we have to come up with strategies, you know, to counter that because, because they can see what's happening out there in the street. We had a thing in Atlanta where, where these young girls, teenage girls were, were giving themselves in prostitution because, these 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 uh what they call them tricks or whatever these johns would be paying anywhere from you know a hundred to three hundred dollars um you know to you know to sleep with these girls or to be with these girls so how do you tell a, a young a young teenage girl a young girl okay uh, she just made three hundred dollars with this man if she turned two tricks in a day. That's six hundred dollars. If she turned three, that's nine hundred dollars, almost a thousand dollars in a day. How do you tell her, you know, to go to work at McDonald's or to go to work at at uh, at Walmart, Wendy's? I'm gonna kick it back to you. Oh, that's definitely right on point because, you know, we have to be able to create other possible solutions to every problem if we want to have give people the option of getting out of their own problems. So that's where it comes down to the community. And the the most important and always is, is having God in our lives because God will always bring us the people into our lives that will help right our wrongs and get our situations where they need to be. Yeah, but, but how do we compete with the, you know, how do we compete with the money? I mean, a, a young boy can sit on the steps and make $150 selling, you know, selling weed or crack, okay? A young girl can go out here and turn a trick and make $150 in a few minutes. So so we have to create, you know, ways to, you know, to counter that by showing them that, yeah, all money ain't good money, yeah, but you can, you can, you can do the same thing selling water or selling T-shirts or, or, or selling. Well, I'm yes, sir. Yes. Big A, Big A, um, Haroon would kill. Would uh-huh. do that. He would do that with the street growing. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna be doing that with Elaine Riddick when I get to Georgia. Um, Elaine's working with the children and the prostitution rings, getting them off the streets as well. Mm-hmm. And she mentioned that what it is that you just said. Very close, almost verbatim. She uh-huh. goes, Nikki, we got to get these young girls off the streets. And I'll, and she goes, she goes, the money, Nikki. She mm-hmm. goes, the money is too good to be true. And I and she goes, but that's STDs and yeah. no man really wanted to be with you and all this other stuff. She goes, a real man, not just any John off the street. Mm-hmm. And um, I was telling her, I was like, Elaine, I used to start businesses for for teenagers from ages 17 and up once they graduated high school. I would get their EIN numbers for them, 
help them start their businesses up, whatever it is that they wanted to do, and God told them that they could do. God gives everybody a gift. Everybody has a gift. Everybody has a gift. Uh-huh. And that's the present from God. And I was telling, I just told Elaine, I was like, these young girls, we can just get them started with their own businesses. And I was like, Elaine, I don't care if it's making bracelets. And she goes, oh, I love my bracelets. And I was like, me too. <laughs> I was like, well, you never know what it is that God gave them to do. And she was like, and she was like, but the money is so good for them, the prostitution, they can't compete. I was like, doesn't matter. They can compete with it. Mm -hmm. I was like, I will help you single-handedly start businesses for these kids. And And I told Elaine, that's what I did when I lost my mind. I -hmm. started a business with that check. And I went international, and I still have that business to this day. And, and that, and that's what we got. That's what we have to show them the alternative. You know, I was teaching. Uh, I was teaching a class. I, 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 I helped them create the reentry program. Actually, I wrote that. I wrote that out in a grant that I was applying for. And then it, then it, it got so hot that uh, that they said, "Okay, whoever get." You 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 wrote about this reentry program because when people got out of jail back in the day, they just released them, and, and yes, you know, they no, did. No nothing, you know. They just released them out of jail. So what did they do? Next thing you know, they went right back to what they were doing before, and they were right back in jail. So so I came up with the concept of the reentry program, and and then I had to actually physically go and do it. So 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 we joined with the uh, correction department, with the probation and the parole board, and uh, and and I went inside the the the, the institution and I started teaching this class called the fourth day, meaning like Jesus Christ, you know, uh, uh-huh. rose on the third day, you know, new life begins on the fourth day, and. And so I told, I, you know, in the, at the beginning of the class, when the class would come in, I told them, I said, all right, y'all need to power up. You know, however they were sitting in the class, we we had like a U formation where they, you know, everybody sat in the class. And I said, okay, the person next to you, the person on your left, on your right, y'all are, y'all are a team. Y'all are partners right now, okay? So y'all got to come up with a strategy on what y'all going to do to make money. Y'all got to create a business. And so we're teaching them how to fill out resume. We're teaching them how to do business plans. That was part of the class. So so these guys got out there, and they they said, well, you know, they started selling water on the corner, you know, ice cold water in the cooler, and they made them they made enough money to fulfill their business plan and do what they had to do. And and it started like a chain reaction where where these young boys started getting on the corner selling water and I and I looked at that I said okay at least they ain't selling dope at least you know they're doing exactly. something exactly and 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 it worked and it worked you know and so 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 these little small things that because when you look at it, I think that if you're given a choice you know if given a choice they would rather make the 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 uh the square money as opposed to making the the uh the, the fast money 
You know, it, it's a little bit slow. Exactly. Token. You can go to sleep at night. You can feel good about yourself. Because when I looked at those young men, I, they felt good about themselves, that they had accomplished yes. Yes, sir. I tell you now, when I was, how old was I? This is back in the 90s. I was 12 years old and 13 years old, 12 going on 13, headed to high school. And my mom signed me up for a government program to where I had a job. And I became a junior conservationist at the age of 12 repelling down mountainsides in San Diego, pulling up indigenous life forms, plants, plants that didn't, I was on a naval base, Coronado Naval Base. And um, I'm repelling down the side of the building. I see a bug and it looked like a snake. (laughs) And I freaked out. And then um, I was like, forget this, I'm out. And they were like, it wasn't a snake, Mickey, it's a lizard. I was like, no, that was a snake. They were like, no, we saw it too. It was a lizard. And I was like, well, it ate a bug and I'm out of here. And I went home and my grandmother called from from Florida and she was like, no, baby, you need a solid work ethic. And I was like, yes, ma'am, I'll go back to work. And something happened. I went to go live with my grandparents. And my grandmother goes, you don't need to work at this house. She goes, you're going to be a teenager and enjoy your teens because you're going to forget it. And you're going to miss it one day. And I was like, yes, ma'am. And she goes, and I was like, Grandma, McDonald's is hiring. She goes, no, baby. If you need something, I'll give it to you. She goes, if you need something, I'll give it to you. And I was like, okay. And next thing you know, I'm in the military. Oh. <laughs> and and I thank my grandparents for letting me work at 12. Because my grandmother, I called her mom. She raised me. And so I was lucky with that. And then I just. I have friends now, some are prostitutes. I have a sister that might be going to prison, and she's in her 30s, and she acts like a teenager, and she's been doing illegal things since forever, but the fast money for her is more tempting, even in her 30s. And I keep telling my sister, you can do amazing things with your income tax money, start your own business. You have a talent. And I was telling her last night, and she goes, no. She goes, I want to be on the board of the family board. And I was like, you got to clean your ass up to be on the family board. Uh Uh-huh. And that was last night. And I'm just trying to explain to her because she has kids. And her mm-hmm. kids are looking at the fast money. Right. And so we are busting our behinds. Even out here in California, we were helping feed, feeding the families with the kids and the elderly in the, house, in the homes. Mm-hmm. But we can't feed them. And we're working on human trafficking because Mexico's right down the road from us. 
And we have so many missing posters of missing people and dogs and children and all this other stuff. It's missing people that we can't keep up with it. Right. right. And I, so... I, and I was stationed... Um, I was stationed at El Toro, and uh, and you know that's right, right, you know, not far from the border, you know, and so we would go into Mexico, where I I was in counter drug operations, but we would go into Mexico, and it broke my heart because, you know, I saw I saw young girls and uh, and and, you know, that was out there and they were you know selling their bodies for like five dollars and i'm like what what in the world is going on and i saw you know the the dope traffic and i saw all the things they were you know you know their living condition how they would they were doing they were doing anything to you know just to 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 get a dollar so they can you know eat for that day and uh exactly and when i went back uh when i went back up on el toro you know, they were they were asking me. They were like, "Sergeant Gant, what's wrong with you?" I'm just like, "Man, this is all over the world. This is not just, you know, this is not just one incident because, you know, in the ghettos of of America, we see the same thing. You know, when crack cocaine hit, you know, it changed the whole game. it changed the whole game. Okay, we're down to our last ninety seconds, so I I wanted you all to, you know, to you know to Give your summary of, and make your last statements as to, you know, what we are and what we should do. And I'm going to try to reach uh, Janicia to get her, back on the, uh, get her back on the program, and I'm also going to put her in contact with you. Yes, okay. sir, please do, because I really want to work with her. I can help her build. Okay. All right, y'all have some closing statements? Closing yes, tomorrow. sir. Yes, sir. I just want to thank everybody for everything. This is life-changing. She's a phenomenal young woman, and when I remember myself being 27 now and having the same ambitions. And I am so proud of you, Reverend Gant, that this show is just beautiful, and I try to listen when I can. And... I got to tell the story. I got to tell the story of how we met and all that stuff uh, with Janice out there and all that. It, it, it is, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. God is awesome. Yes, sir. All right, we're down to our last 10 seconds. All right, this is the Whole Truth, Nothing But the Truth radio broadcast, and we're coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, and we're coming to you from California. And we're going to be sharing, we're going to be sharing in the weeks coming about the solution. Where do we go from here? What do we do now? All right. This is the whole truth, nothing but the truth radio broadcast. I want to thank you all for tuning in. I want to thank everyone of our listeners and supporters. You know, be blessed. This is the whole truth, nothing but the truth radio broadcast. Peace and blessings. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. 
There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.